You can you do, do that. You do the you, you do intro. The intro. It. No, you, you do the intro. It. I introed the last couple that Did we you did. really? Yeah, I think so. Did you intro the last one? I yeah, because I was like, Welcome to the first community podcast where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. No, wait, that was the waiting one. The last one. Oh, was you did because about missions. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'll intro it. <clears throat> Welcome to the First Community Podcast, where we talk about life and faith with our First Baptist family. I'm Caroline Roberts. And I'm April Adams. And today, April, we are going to be continuing our discussion on life on mission and talking about the idea of a calling and what um, what a calling is, what a calling can mean, and how we know what our calling is. Mm, sounds very mysterious. Mystical. Mystical. Yes. Well, mysterious as well. You know, because, I mean, who, know, who knows their calling, right? But some people do, right? Yeah. Don't yeah. you think some people know their calling? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I pretty much know mine. What's your calling? My calling. <laughs> Currently, my calling has been to this church. <laughs> Aww. At this moment. <laughs> right now. Because... I tried to turn them down, <laughs> turned them down once, still ended up here. So, yeah, um, sometimes we, we test our callings, and sometimes we're not always very willing initially. How do you think we – I think a calling, like, a lot of people want to know what their calling is because a lot of people want to know what their purpose is. Mm-hmm. But – I know it's very different for a believer and for a non-believer. So how how do you think people discern what their calling is as a believer? Because obviously we're talking about knowing Christ. Mm-hmm. So well, I mean, as you're as a believer, one your foundation mm-hmm. is important that you at least begin studying God's word and continue to like that's that's one thing knowing knowing God's character mm. because our calling will never conflict with God's character and that that is an important thing to know because some people will they'll they'll sin and say well God wanted me to do this but it's like no God doesn't want yeah. you to do that because it goes against his word yes because because we can we can try to take liberties because there's nothing written down that says oh this is your specific thing mm-hmm. but there are things within the Bible, the parameters that hold us in, so we can know certain things that, like one, God won't call us to sin. He's not going to ask us to do something against His character. Um, our callings are gonna—they're going to glorify Him, and they're going to um, hopefully share His truth with other people. So, in some way. Your life's got to reflect that <laughs> in some way. <laughs> in some way, <laughs> this idea of like mm-hmm. living in obedience mm-hmm. can seem like constricting and, and binding, but it's not. It's living in obedience to the Lord is freeing, and that you know in Galatians is why he says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free, because your sin is what enslaves you. It's not, you know. It's not the laws of God that enslave you. It's your sins that enslave you. And when you run from those to Christ, um, living in his will and living in his purpose and His obe- uh, living in obedience to him, that is what gives us the freedom to live in the will of God. And 
yeah, I like that you said as long as, you know, whatever you're doing is within those parameters that God has set forth for us and that is um, prioritized by sharing his gospel and making disciples, then you're living in the will of God. Like your calling is whatever it is, as long as you're doing that, you are within that, that purpose and that plan. So yeah, whenever, I think really being in those parameters, that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Because we hang, we get hung up a lot on God's plan for our life. And that maybe there is a roadmap specifically. Mm -hmm. Maybe for some of us there is, and possibly for some of us there isn't. Mm -hmm. It's just you live in obedience and things unfold. Yes. And so knowing whether or not God says, okay, you have to um, get this particular job Mm -hmm. and then go to this particular school, Mm -hmm. be friends with these particular people, marry this particular person, or don't marry anybody, (laughs) or whatever it is. And, like, maybe it's mapped out that way or maybe it's not. But I think the big thing is living in obedience to God first Mm -hmm. and getting that foundation laid out. Yeah. And that's how you're going to hear mm-hmm. his voice mm-hmm. is when you're listening to him by getting to know him and being in relationship with mm-hmm. him. And and I think another like side of a calling, we, we tend to think of a calling and we think of pastors and missionaries kind of having this calling that's separate from the rest of believers. And I remember we talked about this last time when we were talking about mission and life on mission and mission and work and this idea that you know, we tend to set missionaries, or at least I do, sometimes on a pedestal of, of having this more in tune spirit with the Lord, and it mm-hmm. and it's not it's just not true because missionaries are just, I mean, we should just take the word missionaries away, mm-hmm. and they're just people who are yeah. obeying the Lord and being obedient to Him in a different country, yeah, <laughs> or in our country, or in our country, <laughs> because that that makes me think like, the, and I probably shared some of this about being a summer missionary Mm. and I can remember I lived with a widow that summer like in Kansas yes in Kansas and just 19 years old just finished freshman year of college and you were so wise yeah yeah well but see that was how she treated me (laughs) and she's like oh I have a real life missionary in my house and I was like oh lady you should not put that much Wait Stop. on me. Yeah, into me. <laughs> and I was like, wow. You were so confident. <laughs> you were. I think I just knew myself. You just, okay. Yeah. You weren't just being hard on yourself, you. No, I mean, it's just, it, it, you're not any different than anybody else. Yeah. And so it, it was just more of this opportunity came up, and I felt like mm-hmm. God was saying he laid everything out in that particular Experience. I didn't. I didn't even really want to go. I mean, I got on the plane with my arms folded, and I said, "Fine." On your face. Yeah, I said, "Fine," and went to go. We didn't have MP3 players back then. Mm. I had my portable CD player. Did you Walkman. <laughs> portable CD player. Yeah, my Discman. Thank the you. Disc- oh, <laughs> yeah. The Discman. Oh, yeah. Man, a Discman. The Discman. <laughs> and got on the plane. Wanted to listen to a CD. As soon as I turned it on, the CD player broke. Like the spring busted out. <laughs> And yeah, I okay. said, all right, Lord, fine. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> and I, what do you want from me? And I normally, I, I don't like flying. I don't like heights. Normally I'm terrified. I was not scared mm-hmm. on that on that flight because I said, you know what? 
God has a hold of me, and if he won't, if he's gotten me on this plane so it can crash and I can die, fine, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And if he wants me to go to Kansas, I'm getting to Kansas and we're doing something. I don't know. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's like the perfect attitude to have, though. Not the grouchiness. Yeah, not the it, grouchiness, but not just, the brightiness. But, but the acknowledgement that... Mm-hmm. That if God is going to God is going to equip you and use you mm-hmm. to do whatever He has willed for you to do, mm-hmm. like there's no doubt about that, yeah. and that is just the truth of who He is. Um, and there's a lot of rest, I guess, we can have in knowing that, knowing mm-hmm. that we don't have to figure out what our calling is. Our God's will isn't a problem to be solved. It's yeah. just a life to be lived yeah. in. And. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking about missions, I saw this quote um, on the IMB's page recently this week. Zane Pratt, who's their vice president of training, said in regards to the idea of calling, evangelical culture has developed a form of mysticism around the idea of calling. In the process, we discount the fact that many effective missionaries have been called to service overseas simply through the mundane processes of studying the Word of God and learning about the need for the gospel around the world. And that, I think, speaks truth in what we were saying, that just getting to know Christ, getting to know the Lord, who He is by reading His Word, studying you know, His plan, and um, His plan for redemption, and, and understanding how to live in obedience to Him, you can be a missionary, mm-hmm. like, wherever it's it's your calling comes from who he is not from you know this plan that you think you need to have and then I like how he says um towards the end you know there's no hierarchy of Christians with varying Mm -hmm. levels of calling all believers are called by God to salvation to holiness to freedom to suffering for the gospel to station in life and to service the question is not am I called the question for every believer rather is how am I called Mm mm-hmm and it's just a really convicting truth, you know, yeah. to, to read that and to remember that um, every believer has a calling. Mm-hmm. And it's a freeing thing. You don't need to be scared mm-hmm. of what your calling yeah. is. I think a lot of people can be scared of this idea of calling because they mm-hmm. think it's going to be drawing them out of their comfort zone into something mm-hmm. painful, and it could be. But I'm going to get called to marry the ugliest person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> a true fear maybe <laughs> maybe April <laughs> um, or maybe just I'm going to be called to you know live really far away from my friends or not have many friends where I live mm-hmm. or you know maybe live in a scary place and it, it doesn't even that doesn't even have to mm-hmm. be that it could just like it could just be, you know, your day-to-day life. Like, you experience, a lot of people, everyone experiences suffering in varying degrees and, and hardships in varying degrees, no matter where you are. Granted, the hardships you experience, you know, in the mountains of the Himalayas, in villages that people have never heard of, are a lot different than the hardships you may experience in, you know, mm-hmm. urban South Carolina. But... Your calling remains the same, and and I just have to. I struggle with getting out of that mindset of a calling being somewhere other than where I am now, mm-hmm. and and that's not what God intended when He, I guess, gave 
you know, his mission to his people. It was like he gave us this mission. He gave us the great commission, go for make go therefore make disciples of all nations. But it wasn't like something we were to achieve at some point. It was like you are a believer, that is your mission starting mm-hmm. now from the rest for the rest of your life. Well, yeah, and what I got out of what you read earlier, it was or mentions through the mundane task of mm. reading the word and seeing that there's a need. I think that's a key point. Yeah. We see that there's a need mm-hmm. and we go and fulfill the needs wherever that is. I mean, it could just be looking down the street or mm-hmm. maybe a need with a friend or mm-hmm. a family member. Sometimes those are the people we overlook yeah. the most because they're the closest to us. And yeah. that might be where God's going to use us and he might have a plan that you might be put you you're you're assigned to your family for a reason Mm -hmm. they're assigned to you and the friends that you have and people you come in contact with I mean I think that's all um it's all divine in some way it might not be impressive and mystical Mm -hmm. in a divine way but I mean I think it is we're in each other's lives for reasons yeah and so recognizing that and seeing that um really finding our calling and our purpose is one foot in front of the other Mm -hmm. we just keep moving Mm -hmm. and then you see that the path shows up in front of you Mm -hmm. so since this idea of calling we can kind of just like throw it out the window like you know it's just a matter of living in Mm -hmm. the will of god and just getting to know him Mm -hmm. so where where does that start yeah, well, if you want to know God's will, read God's word. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's where it starts in knowing that and spending time with God, knowing God's character. And there have been times I was sharing with you earlier um, when we weren't recording <laughs> that, that, like, there there have just been moments where I might just be st- standing in church or driving down the road and... You just have this over... I, I never hear God in a big, booming voice because mm-hmm. he knows that I'm very Baptist and can't handle that. But <laughs> but it's more of like a sense where it's really clear. And there's this clarity where yes. where I might hear, oh, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And I just know. And, and sometimes it's just constant mm-hmm. affirmation. Like, yeah. you know, he reiterates the same thing to you or he, he closes the door repeatedly in your mm-hmm. face. No matter how many times yeah. you try to figure out a way to get in, mm-hmm. he keeps closing the keeps door. Closing. Or he, you know, opens the door and just yeah, shoves some, you right yeah, in. Sometimes <laughs> it keeps opening and you're like, you're like no, you what are you sh- trying you, to tell me? You shut the door and he opens it back. And then you're like, no, I shut the door again. And then he just kind of scoots you right through, you know. <laughs> what? Where? And you just find yourself, you know. Anyway, it, mm-hmm. he's not going, he's going to accomplish his purpose, regardless if you're willing to mm-hmm. be a part of that or not. Like, he's going to, he's yeah. going to see it mm-hmm. through because he, I mean, his word does not return void and he. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's just stuff like, yeah, it, and it can be, the thing is a lot of it is so mundane yeah. and it's so normal. Like, I think about my path to media ministry. Mm-hmm. It was something that I wanted to do, but there have been plenty of times, plenty of times I've tried to say no. Mm-hmm. Like, even that going to Kansas, the reason why I got sent to Kansas was because it was for video. I did not apply. I wanted to go work at the Connie Maxwell Children's Home. <laughs> I said, I want to wow. work with kids. I want to do the children's home. I want to stay in South Carolina. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And no matter what I tried to do, I kept getting sent there. And so... <laughs> 
And so then, um, just as my education progressed and everything, mm -hmm. a major changed in that direction and all of that. And even um, after college, trying not to work in ministry at all <laughs> and trying to take secular clients and all that, it kept coming back yeah. to ministry mm. and where it worked out. And so sometimes it's just God keeps putting things in your path that lead you to a particular thing. Yeah. And there, there's a wisdom, I think, too, in, in the process of discerning, like, where you should go or what you should do in the sense of, like, making big life decisions. Um, obviously, you know, you've had way more experience with those than I have. <laughs> I mean, really, my, my only, like, big life decisions have been where am I going to go to school, mm -hmm. what am I going to study, and... Got 10 years on you. So. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. So <laughs> I've got a lot more experiences to be had, Lord mm -hmm. willing. But, you know, even in making those decisions, I remember deciding to go to college. Like, I wanted to be an architect. And so mm -hmm. I got into Clemson's architecture school, and like, that was where I was going to go. And then January, my senior year of college, I never thought about staying or senior year of high school. I'd never thought about staying in Columbia because I grew up here. Um, I wanted to get out and my mom suggested pharmacy to me. And it was just the oddest thing because, you know, I love my mom. Mom, if you're listening, love you so much. Um, but I never, ever take her advice. <laughs> not because it's not good advice, just like she and I are kind of one in the same where we just kind of fly by the, you know, how does that say? Fly by the seat of your pants? Yes. That. <laughs> I, was, I knew it was seat of something, but I couldn't remember what, so I just let you finish. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, we don't we don't really, you know, seek out advice from each other. Like, I don't mm -hmm. always, I never really sought out advice from my mom. Um, and when I did, a lot of times I disagreed with what she had to say. Normally it was, you know, what, you know, what dress should I get for prom, mom? Or Anyway. I love her to death, and I definitely heed her advice a lot more now as I've gotten older, but um, she suggested pharmacy, and I was kind of taken aback. Like, I never thought about the medical field because I like the arts, and I like math, and um, I got into USC with, like, no major, like, undeclared, and a couple of friends' moms also suggested pharmacy, and, hmm. and I just kind of looked into the idea of it, and I I thought maybe this could be appealing but I didn't really I wasn't really gung-ho about it from the beginning and it wasn't until mm -hmm. I applied to pharmacy school that I actually was gung-ho about it so um it was my entire undergrad was just this reaffirmative like okay we're gonna keep we're gonna keep you know you know the Lord's gonna keep giving me this inclination that maybe this is something I could want to do or or I could find you know I could find a, a future in and um and it wasn't really like I didn't have this strong desire to go into pharmacy school when I started college. It just kind of built on itself. Mm -hmm. And that was the Lord yeah. like reaffirming and reaffirming and using people in my life to reaffirm me. And yeah. and even in pharmacy school, I've needed a lot of reaffirmation. <laughs> that this is where I need to be because anyway, it's it's been tough, but that's really my only big life decision that mm -hmm. I've had to make so far. And I know there will be future Oh, yeah. decisions like jobs and stuff <laughs> mm -hmm. things that come up that you won't even expect <laughs> yeah. but having you know having a foundation 
having a foundation of knowing who the Lord is, knowing what my purpose is as a believer, in sharing him with others and making disciples, I knew pharmacy was a means to do that. I could have done that in any job, but I can definitely see now how pharmacy and how working in the medical field can, that can be done, whether that is, you know, overseas in a developing country or whether that's here Mm -hmm. in the States or in a city and working with the church plans, I don't know, but, Mm -hmm. um, the Lord can use any career path for, for his purposes. So Mm -hmm. I can just rest assured that he's got that under control. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, we're not going to mess up Mm. God's plan. Praise. So (laughs) sometimes we can get so hung up that we don't do anything because we're like, I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to, I'm going to fail and God's going to be mad and all this. But no, like if you're seeking him out, even if you get in a situation where you're like, okay, maybe that wasn't the best decision. Like there's still room to move on Mm. and to move out of that. And God will work with whatever you throw yourself into. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to suffer consequences if you're not listening and not paying attention. But at the same time, I don't think there's always such a wrong answer. Mm. And, you know, we look at at the disciples (laughs) being called by Jesus and... Literally, it's, like, he literally was there and mm, called them. Yeah, but it's it's so normal. Like, it's pretty normal. Like, it's he just, normal. Did, like, there's no, he just, like, he just called them flash, so of, flash of light. I yeah. mean, it's really just a few verses in Matthew. If you look at Matthew chapter 4. I'm reading the mm-hmm. account in Luke, but I'll flip there. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's the same thing. You can, get, you can get the account anywhere. How many how many verses were in Luke? Oh, oh gosh. All right, you don't have to flip back. Did it look like a lot? No, it was no. not a lot. See, not a lot. So I'll, I'll read it. Um, Matthew four eighteen. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. So, I mean, it was really just like, oh, come on. (laughs) Follow me. And they're like, okay, I will. And they left everything behind. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the daunting thing that scares us Mm -hmm. sometimes when it comes to following Jesus is is leaving everything behind. I mean, they, they left it, but I mean, they were... They were still there too. <laughs> so I think that's the other thing. Like they, they did they they sacrificed and ultimately you see as time mm-hmm. goes by they do but they don't give up fishing. Yeah. They still remain fishermen. And they, they were fishers of men. Fishers of men, yeah. <laughs> and so I mean their profession's still used yes. even throughout their ministries. Um and <clears throat> sorry. That's okay. Getting up with this cold. <laughs> and <laughs> and I mean, I, I doubt that was really the last time they saw their father, but yeah. they left him right there in that moment. Yeah. And so, because sometimes we can look at that really dramatically, mm. but, you know, yeah, they left their former lives. And as you see, as time progresses and as they grow closer to Jesus, yeah, they were martyred and mm-hmm. that happened, but it didn't happen the next day. Yeah. And, and it, they're and discipled by Christ and they're worked into it. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't about what they were leaving behind. It was mm-hmm. about the you know mission that they were yeah what they, they were, were getting to yeah yeah. 
And so, but that's, that's how it is for us in that sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jesus himself isn't going to come to us and say, follow me, but he's Start call- sinking your boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's calling all of us to follow him, and we have different means of doing that, and it's not going to all hit at one time. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to grow through that process. Mm-hmm. And what we might be doing today, you know, 10 years from now, it might look like something completely different. Yeah. And it's going to evolve and change. And that, I think, takes us to another topic, which we don't have to get into today, but just the idea of discipleship mm-hmm. and, and that process. Yeah. Doing those mundane things together, studying mm-hmm. the Word together, and, and becoming more like Christ with other believers and, and that you know, those relationships of having a disciple or being discipled, but then also discipling others. And, um, that is present in any, Mm -hmm. in any believer. And that should be prevalent in any believer, not just in, not just in missionaries or pastors or teachers. It's for all of us, no matter where we are. the gospel is for all. (laughs) All right, so our guest today is Jennifer Barnum, and she has been here at First Baptist her whole life. Yes, true. Yeah, as a member and also as a staff member for 15 years in some capacity or another. (laughs) But currently, Jennifer, you're with the student ministry with Philip and Scott, keeping them in order and organized. Well, they do a pretty good job on their own. Uh I'm (laughs) blessed to be able to work alongside them in student ministries. Came back to that role in May after um, working part-time for the church for about seven years while my children were younger and I needed to be home a little bit more and uh, so I'm excited to to be back now that they're older and have another opportunity to work as a staff member my husband and I have been volunteering even you know in the time when I wasn't working mm-hmm. in that capacity so it's just kind of coming back to where I was before oh well, great well we wanted to get to know you a little bit better so tell us tell us a little bit of your story um, and maybe some of what God is doing in your life right now and what you've been learning. Yeah, faith Great. journey. Faith journey. Faith, faith journey. journey. Yeah. Well, I was um, blessed to be brought up here at First Baptist. My grandparents and my parents were members, so when I was born, I started coming to the nursery and grew up in the children's ministry and student ministries. And um, then when my husband and I were married, then we, you know, continued to go here as a married couple, but um, accepted Christ, um, chose to follow Christ in elementary school here in children's ministry after a children's worship service that we had in Boyce Chapel where all the children during the Sunday school hour led um, our own little worship service where the kids served as pastor and did the music and offertory prayer and all (laughs) that and after that message our pastor then asked um, gave the gospel presentation and asked if anyone would like to follow Christ and I raised my hand and 
so then was able to have some conversations with my parents and pastors and mm-hmm. um, became a member of the church at that point and then as a student in the student ministry I really started to have a deeper understanding of what discipleship was and really growing in relationship with Christ and so as a ninth grader I decided to recommit uh, myself and uh, walk and following Christ and so had the great blessing of having fantastic leaders all around me who love the Lord and love students and led by example and so was able to grow through our student ministries and then went to college for four years and um, when I came back home got you know right back in here at First Baptist and it's it's always been my home and is now you know my home for my husband Brian and I and then also our two children and so it's really a cool thing to be able to watch them grow up in our children's ministry mm-hmm. and now being the mother of an almost teenager and she's in student <laughs> ministries oh, yeah. um, that's really neat to see them being able to be a part of the same things that I grew up just mm-hmm. holding precious so um, in, over the last few months uh, it has been a huge blessing to be a little more involved in student ministries than I was before I came back to working uh, full-time in the office Um, but it also just brought you know new things to attend to every day and so just really trusting God actively every day and then realizing that there's plenty of days when I'm not doing that but getting back to it and just being reminded that he will provide what I need every day and his grace um, is sufficient for that day and I may not feel like I have enough time or energy or resources (laughs) or my head may be spinning some days on um, caring for the people and the ministries that I love but um, God will give me the resources and the strength and the knowledge and wisdom and all the things that he wants me to do. He'll provide me with the resources to do it if I'm looking to him on it and trusting him through it. So some days <laughs> I do that better than others. <laughs> right. But, um, That's how we all are. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever expect growing up here at First Baptist that you would have been on staff here for so long did that ever cross your mind even in college it really didn't because we actually had a family business as I was growing up and so I worked in our family business and um, I when I was in high school and then for a few years in college that's kind of what I could see myself doing for a while but then um, when my grandparents and Um, other family members felt like it was time for that family business to close then you know started looking at other things and had a business degree and you know did a few other things in business and public relations and event Mm -hmm. management and um, then when Brian and I were asked to come and volunteer in student ministries um, we you know wanted to do that and so we got plugged in working with the junior class in our first year just teaching Sunday school and he's a an educator, um, has been in high school as a teacher and a coach and now in administration for a bunch of years and so he really felt called to working with students so it gave us the opportunity to do something together and after a year then was asked just to fill 
an open spot as the assistant in student ministries and so that was really the first time that I thought okay I could really you know I could really do this my mom had started working for the church a few years before that and Mm -hmm. of course we love First Baptist and so I love to be here and to serve here but it just wasn't necessarily what was on my mind is what (laughs) I would spend about 15 years doing as a vocation as well as you know um, being a church member here so but now you can keep um, tabs on that almost teenager. <laughs> that almost teenager, yes. <laughs> that was a really big deal for us. The first Sunday that uh, the class that uh, Blythe is in moved up into student ministries because mm-hmm. I was Exciting. working full-time in student <laughs> ministries when she was born. And so she really grew up with the students <laughs> as her family. And um, the first time that she came to, to church when she was three weeks old, she came to the students <laughs> because she was still too little to go to the nursery at that point. So she came with me and she really grew up there. So the first Sunday that we realized, oh, she's coming to student ministries this <laughs> Sunday because that's where she's supposed to go and not because uh-huh. she's here early. And mm-hmm. we, um, you know, she'll go on to the Children's Center later. So that was a really um, neat day for us. Brian and me both um, and I'm so thankful for her small group leaders and um, and for Scott and Philip and you know all the people who are now pouring into her because I know what a huge impact that that had on my life so I'm very thankful for all of them it's cool to see how the Lord provided while you were a student and then knowing what that was like getting to witness mm-hmm. your children also see that too is I can't imagine, but I'm sure mm-hmm. one day, you know, if I ever get to have kids and have them grow up at this church, it would it would be cool to watch watch that happen. It's been precious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any favorite stories or things that have happened here at the church since you do have a vast experience in history here? Are there are there any things <laughs> that stick out? Whether it's funny, really spiritual, or just you know, silly, whatever, whatever. Just crazy story. Just crazy stories. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that what well, used to be when I was younger that our excitement over coming to the youth group was that, you know, you get to go have shaving cream fights and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. And so it was a big deal when we um, moved up into student ministries and we got to go spend the weekend at the church had a cabin at Ridgecrest and we got mm-hmm. to go spend the weekend at Ridgecrest and we had standard silly games like shaving cream fights and you know eating really strange things like baby food and mustard <laughs> packets We're mixing so, it all together right, all mixed in all together all that kind of stuff so those are some of my first memories um, one of the most recently one of the most significant things that I, I got to participate in um as a staff member, or kind of volunteer both, is um, when we did the winter retreat five years ago, mm-hmm. and um, the winter retreat included um, Bren and Scott Johnson's wedding, oh, yeah. and so the students, without realizing that they were going to be participants mm-hmm. in the rehearsal dinner and the wedding, um, got to come and witness, you know, the marriage of two people that they already knew and love, who mm-hmm. um, were about serving the Lord and um, in in marriage, uh, following Him for whatever it was that He was going to lead them to do. And uh, when that idea was first presented to me, I thought, wow, <laughs> I would have never come up with this in a million years. This is fantastic. And Scott and Bren were 
um, said yes. They they really like to they'd really like to get married as a part of the winter retreat. Wow. And so <laughs> that weekend in February, we had I do, and um, the students were totally surprised to get to do all that they did that weekend and um, just learn about you know the beautiful plan that God has for dating and relationships and marriage and um, so and that was a you know beautiful example for them so that was that was pretty neat memory is it is, yeah, is that's pretty cool neat she've gotten to witness so many different things unfold within the church just especially within student ministries but then um, growing up here and then I know you're very involved at the Camp Classic for a long time too so still all right <laughs> I am. Yeah. <laughs> still, still involved in the Camp Classic and uh, watching the golf tournament that the deacons started in order to be able to raise funds for students to go to camp and how it has grown over the years to not only include, you know, children and um, camps for middle and high school students, but also to include college mission trips and retreats and uh, summer missions, as well as the student leadership university trips that our high school students are able to participate in if they are part of student leadership. So um, it's been neat to see God really use that and grow that, mm-hmm. and that's that's been the way that he has uh, provided for the funds that we needed to be able to send children and students all over the world in some cases mm-hmm. with college students going on international mm-hmm. missions so yeah that's quite a feat to put together that golf tournament so around what january february february maybe <laughs> start looking out for game classic <laughs> stuff <laughs> january for sure yeah um, this year it will be on april the 10th mm-hmm. and so it does take uh, several months of promotion and planning mm-hmm. to get the word out and uh, gather all the resources we need and we're thankful to have a great committee of church members who are passionate about also and are so generous with their time and their talents and um, then all of the members of our church who give generously and Sunday school classes who come together to support it and people that give door prizes and some of our church business partnerships who are just very generous to be able to contribute to that and then it all comes together into a day that's a lot of fun for everyone who comes and um, then there are hundreds of students and children that benefit as a result of it. So yeah, it's a good thing. So seeing God work in so many different facets of our church for so long, um, how do you see him working right now in your life and in what you're doing currently with the students or in other areas? I love to see students as they are really making their faith their own mm-hmm. and growing um, in their love for the word and their knowledge of the word and really you know becoming what is the goal of having fully devoted followers of Christ who are going into the world to um, serve and to love and to share Christ with others and I love to see that as our students come in as sixth graders and then to watch them grow and mature um, and really fall in love with Jesus and um, want to be closer and love being with their peers together worshiping and um, growing and having a great time it's just um, I love I love to see that and 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 I do see that happening in our students lives and um, I think this year we've given some great opportunities for students to really 
learn to get into the word and to study scripture and Philip and Scott have um, you know chosen books of the Bible mm-hmm. that they will walk through so that students are really going verse by verse and yeah. understanding the the meaning of what's there and really giving them the opportunity to see what it's like to read the Bible and study the Bible and understand it um, on your own because yeah. ultimately we want them to be able to graduate and have a, um, a habit, an intentional mm-hmm. habit of opening the Word and digging in on their own. And so the, that's so important to have that foundation and just to be able to know how to read the Bible and, and take it into your own hands and not rely on somebody else. <laughs> interpret yeah absolutely and um, just really a a foundation of discipleship is something that um, Philip and Scott have been very intentional about and I've known that but I've actually been able you know to see it from Mm -hmm. the process of how are we going to provide the opportunities that we would want our students to have to be able to grow and um, so just watching that happen and then you know watching our seniors graduate and go to college and um, experience college and come back home and you know share about what God's doing with their in their lives and the ministries Mm -hmm. they're involved in on campus and um, then also realizing as you go to college as it is for most people who go to college there's lots of wonderful but there's also lots of brand new and uncertainty Mm -hmm. and if you've been in the same place most of your life if you've been in the same church you have so much that is comfortable that you're used to and all of a sudden you're in the midst of brand new surroundings even if you don't leave town mm-hmm. everything is kind of brand new and just to see the students really rely on their faith mm-hmm. that they've made um, personal it's not just their parents faith mm-hmm. it's really them um, understanding and walking with the Lord on a daily basis and then really learning through through the opportunities they have in college what that's like to trust him in different surroundings without their best friends around and mm-hmm. all of that type of thing so it's um, college presents so many new and wonderful opportunities but it's also just lots of really big life changes so yeah. um, we have a um, I like seeing all of their um, missed and precious faces when they come home for breaks <laughs> and uh, Christmas with Christmas upon us. They're all coming mm-hmm. home. Our class that graduated last year, I had the mm-hmm. um, you really my first opportunity to walk with a class through three years of being a small group leader with um, this group of girls. And so that was a precious That's experience cool. too, just mm-hmm. to see them grow for, as sophomores, juniors, and seniors, mm-hmm. and then go off to college. Um, that was that was fun to watch them. Oh, yeah. but, mm-hmm get to know them yeah well you are also um involved in the first baptist women's ministry right and see that is something that even i wasn't aware we really had so what are some of the things you and who who else is in this with you well there there are lots of women who are doing different ministry um women-focused ministry Mm -hmm. things across the church and there are lots of great Bible studies that have you know been going on and will continue to go on Um, there are groups ministering within Sunday school classes and um, ladies who are very active and serving all over the church but we wanted to start this year this new year um, with 
an intentional time to pause and reflect. And so on January the 4th, um, we have an evening set aside. It's called Selah, and it is an invitation to pause and reflect and just to pause all of the activity and the voices and the to-do lists and all the things that are swirling around in all of our, our lives here at the beginning of the year. Spend some time alone reading God's Word, reflecting on His faithfulness in 2017, seeking His direction for 2018, um, just spending time in prayer and reflection and listening for the voice of God. Um, there's so many voices that we're always hearing. Oh, yeah. I mean, people that need our attention and I mean, people that we love and responsibilities that are important. Um, that before the year gets busy again, just to take a moment to be purposeful in listening uh, to what God would have us to do in this new year. So the idea is that you come and you find a spot that's comfortable. We're going to be meeting in 1420 Sumter, the student center. So there's plenty of room to spread out and you can grab a guide and take your Bible and your journal. And if you want to bring music with headphones and um, a snack, whatever you want to bring with you. <laughs> and go to a spot that you find comfortable and spend a couple of hours in solitude, just however the Lord would lead you to spend that time. And the guide will provide you, you know, you know, with some direction if you like to use it, but it's, it's really just your time with the Lord. And then we'll conclude at 8.30 with dessert and a time for everyone just to come back together and be able to celebrate and just kind of worship together as we close out the evening. But it is just very simply a time to pause and reflect. Not a lot of programming, but with the intentional um, setting aside of a time to spend time listening to the Lord and reading His Word and wherever He would lead you with that. Mm-hmm. So more information is going to be on the website and in you know, the church publications and all that um, mm-hmm. for you to fbccola.com slash sayla yes thank you we just set that up (laughs) (laughs) today so that you can register and child care is available um, if you need it that evening for children you know grades five and under and um, we'll have some light snacks available some water but really Mm -hmm. you can bring your own dinner with you if you'd like to because it's it starts at 5 30 we know some people who are working may not be able to get there right then so you get there when you can and it is for women of our church um, from college on up. And it's free, right? Free, yes, Mm -hmm. it is free. Um, So we just need uh, you to register so that we can know how many people to anticipate and have enough resources for everyone, but that's all that's required. A very cool way to start off in a Uh year, too, just in in reflection over over what the Lord has done and in anticipation Mm -hmm. of what He's going to do. I think that's such... A necessary thing we tend to yeah. forget about uh-huh. in, our, in our day-to-day life. <laughs> Just pausing, be pause. still, be still. <laughs> yes. Yeah. With that said, what um, what were some things that led up to this idea of having a time to just rest for or to focus on resting um, for women? It was basically an idea that uh, Rachel Church got from a friend mm-hmm. at another church. She had gone. Um, to a similar event Mm -hmm. and was sharing how meaningful it was for her and just knowing how busy we all get that it was just a great way to really start the new year purposefully Mm -hmm. and um, being still and listening 
to the Lord and spending time in prayer, reading scripture, journaling, whatever the ways are that you like to kind of process through um, those types of thoughts and, you know, talk to, talk to God, that we would have an intentional time for that. We thought there's probably plenty of other women in the church that would feel like this would be a good thing for them to do too. And so uh, we wanted to offer it at a time when everyone could come and then in a way to, or to have a way to also collect um, ideas from ladies who might be interested in seeing other types of women's ministry events and programs take place at First Baptist. So, Okay, so there's plans to maybe do some more things like this? There are. Future? There are. We're going to have an interest form so that any of the women that come can give suggestions for types of ministries that they'd like to see us active in doing as uh, women at First Baptist. And then also to, you know, offer time and talents um, in a way of volunteering to make some of those things happen. Um, Because there are already lots of great things happening for women across the church, but we would like to um, make that information available so that everyone knows Mm -hmm. what's going on, what Bible studies they can plug into, and then also do some um, events where the ladies of the church can come together for them, whether it's serving or an outreach event or having a... um, simulcast or attending a conference to do some more things like that in the year 2018. Jennifer would never admit to this and growing up even in the student ministry underneath Jennifer she would never admit to you know the gifts and talents that she has but she really is a lady of of many gifts and a lady who is very willing to use those to bring glory to the Lord and to um, be faithful in encouraging students and others in knowing him more. So thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, thank you. And for all of you listening, if you want to get involved in any of the things that Jennifer's talked about, whether it's student ministry, helping with student ministry, right? You always need volunteers there. Or for any of our women's ministry events, fbccola.com is the place to go. And you can even find Jennifer on the staff page and contact her there. (laughs) Sounds great. Yeah. And so uh, this has been the First Community Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.